What's up meeples, on today's episode we will be talking about what you can expect from our humble podcast. We give you an introduction to who we are and how our respective gaming clubs came to be, the formation of the Crawley Gaming Community and where we hope to see things going in the future, along with bringing you all your usual weekly news, Kickstarter campaigns and event information, this is the debut episode of The Podcast with Crawley Gaming Community. Welcome everyone to our brand new podcast. My name is Jason. And I'm Ian. And we are two game club organisers talking about the hobby we love. If you do like what you hear today, please do give us a five star review, share and subscribe. It really does help in creating the content that you want to hear. So Ian, are you ready? I'm ready. If you guys are ready, we're ready. Let's dive in. Here we are Ian, after months of talks, months of planning behind the scenes and various parties saying we should do something like this. We can finally say it has now happened. Welcome, one and all, to the podcast with Crawley Gaming Community. As already mentioned, my name is Jason, I am one of the founders of the Crawley Gaming Club, and joining me today is a man I am grateful to call my friend, and now my broadcast colleague. He is one of the founders of the Pound Hill Board Game Club. Ian, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Jason. And how are you doing at the moment? I'm not too bad, thank you, mate. Not too bad. Keeping it together. It's no secret to anyone what's happening in the world right now is a very stressful time. But people that know me are aware I like to look on the lighter side of everything. Did you think this day would ever come? In recent months, probably not, you know, with everything going. But we've all banded together to keep each other well. And I'm glad it's finally here. I completely agree it's really given me the kick up the uh, up the backside shall we say to to pull my finger out and actually get on board get this podcast started people have been saying to me for years that i needed to do something like this i was never confident enough to do it on my own but having someone that i i generally gel with so well we have very similar tastes and you know we've got one thing one major thing in common and that is we both run gaming clubs in this great town of crawley and are immensely passionate about our games. This is very, very true. So what are you looking forward to most about us now being on the air? Being able to share um, all of our interests, show the differences that we sometimes have as well. Um, There's lots of them occasionally. And all of the major um, different ways we can see, you know, all the different types of games, uh, give people a rough idea of what to expect turning up to these clubs, where to find them, what sort of things get played how easy or complicated it can be, give people a really good um, insight into the world of board gaming. Couldn't have put it better myself. So I'm sure the first question on most of your lips is, what is the podcast with Crawley Gaming Community? And the simple answer is, it's two good friends meeting up to bring you discussions, news, reviews, gameplay stories, and various other tabletop, digital, roleplay, board game related content on hopefully a weekly basis. We haven't quite decided on... uh, exactly how frequently we're going to do this but if we can do it weekly we are going to do it weekly yep myself and ian have been involved in the gaming hobby for over a combined 40 years making us both feel incredibly old with very different backgrounds that eventually merged a few short years ago to form and lay the foundations for what would become the crawley gaming community 
Ian, how did you get? How did you start out in this hobby, and how did you get to this point? So my humble beginnings go back to the beginning of the craze of Pokemon um, and the, the trading card game that, sh- that swiftly followed. Um, I've been competing in that for an awful long time now. I think it's around about sort of twenty year mark. Um, met some lovely people, had some fantastic um, times, and some great memories. And a few decent achievements. I was a runner-up for UK uh, to the, in the UK Championships in 2010, winning myself a trip to Hawaii to play in the World Championships that year, yes. of which I finished 77th in the world out of about 125 people. Yes. Quite a good success there. And 2014, I was the European Pokemon Professor Champion, winning myself a lovely little trophy and an iPad and a few other little goodies along the way. And I'm a qualified Pokemon Professor, which means I can... Um, help run all of the events i can help judge you know and help just generally teach people how to play and get get these things learned uh, you know revolving and learning that's pretty cool so I'm, i imagine for your gaming events that that comes in quite handy as well yep um and it's just sort of sparked off from there you get a lot of like-minded people at these events got introduced to the occasional board game and again sort of sourced out what's going on I did briefly um, uh, try to run a business with what's now my ex-wife, unfortunately, Um, running a board game shop, setting up our own gaming club from that as well. When the shop went down, the club carried on. And again, I've made some fantastic friends lately that only having known for, you know, within the last like five years um, or less have become huge um, parts of my life. Um, and I love every minute of it. And, you know, it's really nice to work together with everyone and enjoy this. You know, there's lots to explore and every day is a different day. It's, and it's ironic you, ironic you mentioned the, the Pokemon game because that was theoretically the start out I had as well. Uh, unfortunately, my my journey went on a, a major tangent though. It's like I, I did collect the cards when I when I was a kid. Everyone did, you know. I, I had the console games as well. Um, but the the main thing that actually took me back twenty odd years ago was Warhammer, the sci-fi universe, the Warhammer forty thousand. I love the miniatures. I love the game. Didn't love the painting so much, which is irony really, because that's the main thing I do now. Um, but yeah, that that's what took me back then uh, and I stayed in that for quite some time uh, I did take quite a large break from from the gaming side of things for a long you know, it's, I think I stopped when I was well, I think it was when I went to college um, at the age of about 16 and then didn't touch any games at all until I was 21 uh, at which point I came back in I was more into the fantasy aspect of things. So I went straight back to Games Workshop. I was in the Warhammer Fantasy. And I loved that for many, many years. Um, uh, which is actually how Crawley Gaming Club came to be. Because Games Workshop essentially retconned Warhammer Fantasy, the game. Which it was a heavy toll for me. Because I had pretty much one of every army and large armies. And they replaced it with the Age of Sigmar. I play Age of Sigmar. But it wasn't my it wasn't really my bread and butter, it wasn't my jam. I loved Warhammer Fantasy and I needed someone to play it because you couldn't play it in the store anymore. And it, I've got together with one of my friends and we had a discussion about setting up a gaming club once a month and probably within a week of having those discussions, once people knew we were gonna do it, the the demand was there for us to do it as a weekly thing. 
and thus the the Crawley Gaming Club was born. On our first night, it was primarily Games Workshop stuff, but the second week, we started seeing things like um, X-Wing coming down, and, and then more and more games, more and more variety appearing. And then, obviously, the massive resurgence of the board games happened, and uh, yeah, now we see a steady flow of them. Do you remember how our paths crossed? I do. So unfortunately, as an extra tip bit to chuck in, the Pokemon League we have in Crawley, as well as Crawley Gaming Club, both run at the same time. So um, <laughs> It was not intentional, I promise you. <laughs> so it took a while before um, I was able to venture down to Crawley Gaming Club, and I happened to rock up with a party of people about an hour into the first birthday event. It was indeed. And had a good laugh. Um Set up a board game on the side, joined in with all of the um, celebrations going on, um, and then started trying to enjoy it so much, started trying to turn up as often as I was physically able. So quite often the Pokemon Club finished um, about an hour or so into the start of Crawley Gaming Club, so I'd try to do both, uh, which was tiring because they're completely opposite sides of Crawley. But yeah, whenever I could fit it in and it wasn't a tournament or anything, I'd be back across. And that's when I started to badger Jason into trying to try some of the board games I was bringing along. You did indeed. And I was, I'm not afraid to admit it, I was the stereotypical person that as soon as he mentioned the words board game, I immediately did, oh, what Monopoly and Scrabble and all all of that rubbish. And it, it took you a fair while. It took you a fair while to turn me. And I think it's safe to say that you probably wouldn't have succeeded if it wasn't for the Infinity Wars film. Yep. I like all of my um, intellectual property stuff, so I'm a huge Marvel fan, and I actually, at the time, you couldn't get this board game in the UK, I had to source the um, Thanos Rising board game from the States, so when it did arrive, it cost me a a pretty penny at the time, and I wanted to get as many games in as I could, and cooperative games, as you'll soon find out, are my big jam as it is anyway, I absolutely adore them. I tend to find with player versus player games, I can be the one that picks on one person, they pick on me and we get nowhere. So all working together towards a collaborative um, is far more fun for me. I still enjoy both types of games, but that's where you know a large portion of my collection and interests go. But that, that Marvel game is particularly good. Thanos Rising is a very well-balanced game. As per most co-op games, it has a very steep difficulty curve. But it's good fun, and I know several people that enjoy, you know, still now would just enjoy rocking that one out on whether it be on tabletop or in person at the moment. Yeah, and I, so I turned up with that, and other than the horrendous Thanos miniature that's in there that instantly everyone was screaming needed painting, um, we ended up. I managed to coax Jason into playing it, and I think that was the start of a um, long relationship of suddenly spending a small fortune on board games. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm pretty sure my uh, my partner hates you for that. <laughs> yeah, we were commenting the other day at just how vast my board game collection has become in a very very short space of time in in comparison to the fact that, you know, with Warhammer I, it took me years to build up the collection I had. Yet board game wise it just it went through the roof very very quickly and you also introduced me to Kickstarter, which was probably one of the worst things anyone could do. We have not helped each other on that front. No, not at all. Not at all. And I think, I really do think we could probably have an entire episode just talking about Kickstarter and how dangerous it really is. 
So, Ian, um, obviously f- the seeds were sown, I think, at, at that at the first birthday of the Crawley Gaming Club where you came down. And we, we had a good discussion at length, obviously, about the Pound Hill board gamers and how Crawley Gaming Club was doing itself. And it didn't happen for a few months after that, but at, at which point there, there seemed to be a bit of a collaboration coming together uh, where we started attending each other's events quite regularly you you obviously made it down to mine at the time i couldn't make the days that you were running on the fridays but my you know my my circumstances changed with work and my personal life and i was suddenly able to start attending those events um and and i enjoyed attending them i started learning a lot more about modern board games at what point do you think you realized that there was there was going to be a collaboration between us initially We've got very similar personalities and we both really enjoy the same sort of genre of games. I got you hooked on co-op games very early on and even the player versus player ones that we have tend to be more down the silly side than the serious side sometimes. Another game that will come up in conversation is our love for Downforce, um, which is a racing game that we'll, we'll introduce you on to later on. But we really enjoyed the banter and stuff that went between us. We've got similar sort of sense of humors. Um, as do a lot of the people in both groups and it just it's that sort of situation when you meet someone where you feel like you've known them all your life rather than you know a couple of weeks at the time and things started to run in parallel rather than against each other it wasn't two opposing groups trying to fight for supremacy it was just the more people we can get in each and the more friendly nature and you know like a big um arm around each other and we just push these all forward and make them as big and as enjoyable as they can be and that's kind of where we went for yeah definitely it's 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 fair to say that uh, we both share a love for modern board gaming tabletop gaming for myself um car gaming between us and more importantly we both share a love for the fact that more pe- yeah we would love to see more people learning about modern board gaming and you know in the following years after we initially met each other a lot of things happened i mean the first one that that really pops into my head was seeing other gaming clubs popping up with the likes of the horsham gamers the mid sussex meeples the worthing board gamers and various other ones dotted around red hill rygate east grinstead all around the area close to where we are here in crawley and we both attended a lot of those gaming clubs and were talking to their organisers, and to find that they were also on the same lines as us. Did you feel that there would eventually be a massive collaboration where all of the organisers from all the different clubs were talking to each other and actually working in unison? I didn't think it was going to be as strong as it is, but I'm glad to see it. Um, I mean, from my small time running the shop, the board game industry is one that's just rapidly growing, and people are realising that you can go out and spend a fortune on drinks for a night or you can spend 40 get pounds on a game between you and a few drinks you know on cheaper drinks at home and have several nights in you know over whatever time period to just keep it re-enjoying a game you know with friends so it's a social industry that has really um in- increased rapidly in the last few years and that's shown also with the types of games that appearing you know there's now almost a game for everything um i think that's definitely safe to say you know i mean we've already touched on the fact that you and myself have a massive love of marvel yet i think we're both in agreement that 
the amount of Marvel intellectual property based games has just skyrocketed in the past few years to the point that there might we might even say that there's probably too many. There's a lot of reskins coming out at the moment, which has its pros and its cons. I think that's for another day. But... Definitely for another day. We could we could go we could go into to, into a lot of depth when it comes to that. Uh, obviously, another thing that has happened in in the even in the past year and a half was the introduction to, of the comic book shop in Crawley. The, uh, sorry, the comic shop in Crawley. And when when they first opened, you know, they had teeth in troubles, as did we all. Um, but they, they've gone from strength to strength in a very, very short space of time. Um, unfortunately, they have suffered quite nastily, as, as everyone has with the hit of COVID, uh, which, you know, we're going to try our best not to talk about on there, on here because, you know, it's it, we want to try and cheer people up. It is what it is. It is what it is. We, we, it's enabled us to do this. Let's look on the brighter side yep. of things. As I said, I love to look on the bright side of things. It's enabled me to pull my fingers out and actually do this podcast with you. But how do you feel the comic book shop arriving in Crawley affected the community? Was it was it a positive effect? Was it a negative effect? Or was it sort of an indifferent? I think it's been overall a really positive thing. You know, Crawley needs independent shops at the very least, but sh- you know, something for the sort of geeky community you know we it's been long overdue there's been lots of demand for it but trying to get into the crawley market from being a brief owner of one myself is an absolute mission um and i was really pleased to see them turn up and we've luckily had quite a fairly good relationship with them i mean we were both lucky enough to go with one of the owners to the trade toy fair this year you know and, and help have a look around on what's coming up and that sort of stuff um and we've done it's sort of been um a good back and forth relationship where we're trying to do what we can to help them and they're trying to do what they can to help us out and i hope i hope that carries on well into the future things went from strength to strength and they welcomed us into their arms and actually gifted us with a a board game night of which both yourself and me turn up with uh your metric <laughs> ton of games yeah and I bring along a fair few. I bring along a few myself, but uh, nothing anywhere near what you turn up I've with. I've tried to turn my car into a mobile board game library. It looks a bit of a mess, but it gets as many games. Again, I like to. Um, I like people to enjoy themselves. And when you get new people, you never know what sort of games they're going to enjoy. And if I have a large selection, I tend to have something for everyone. You know, whether people like something really competitive or just really relaxed or quick or long, you know, co-op or PvP, we've got absolutely everything in my um, collection. You know, it's not always all there, but I'm you know, I'm trying to make it a little bit neater to navigate through. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, it's been useful and, you know, a lot of people seem to enjoy that too. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, it, it really does work perfectly because... Something like that in the comic book shop, it's, it's a nice friendly atmosphere so that someone who's maybe not tried modern board games or, or gaming in general has the ability to come down and has a gigantic library to choose from with a load of friendly people that are happy to introduce them into games, teach them how to play certain games. There's a lot of what we would deem as gateway games, uh, some which are quite easy some that are family, some that are very in-depth games. 
So there is literally something for everyone. I mean, if you just look, just randomly browsing at the shelf, it can look as quite a scary industry, especially some of the pricings that can go with some games. You know, a heavy miniatures game can go up to the 80 to 100 pound mark. Not knowing whether the game is very good or whether you'll enjoy it, it's a lot of money to fork out. So having things like these groups where you get lots of people bringing games, sharing, teaching people to play, it that community spirit helps people, dis, you know, make it in choices on whether they, they do or don't like those games a good example you know with us is if i hadn't turned up with thanos you might never have gotten down that alley for that reason it's very true i probably wouldn't so it's safe to say in that the uh, the relationship with the comic book shop is good it's very strong and going forward we're, we're going to have some really good events there yourself with the pound hill board gamers that's going nice and well obviously when we're able to game physically rather than digitally. Same with the Crawley Gaming Club, the Horsham Gamers, they're all doing really well. They're starting to pull in the numbers. The community is really starting to gel together. And hopefully this podcast will even help with that as we as we breach you know we breach the gap between those that may not know about the various different clubs or the community as a whole. So the real I mean one of the questions that I would say is where do you see things going in the future? Well Again, taking into account everything that's going on at the moment, if we choose to ignore that as if it was a normal future, I think both of us have the idea we want to see these clubs still grow. You know, part of why we do what we do is we love seeing people smile and having fun. And, you know, we've joked about it before, of almost that community thing of looking after that is why we do what we do, not just for us. You know, some of it's going to be for us. But some of it is just to see everyone else enjoying themselves and having a nice, safe, fun place to play, you know, and, and enjoy what the gaming industry has to offer. And so I'm looking forward to seeing that grow. You know, we've talked about doing bigger events. Um, obviously, we have nothing on the cards at the moment because of everything that's kicked off with the um, current world climate. But um, again, another fa- fantastic shout out to Horsham Gamers for their amazing event last summer. Um, that they let us be part of and um, they had a whole mix of board gamers tabletoppers retro games console games pc games for a whole weekend down in Horsham and it was a really good event and I know they want to run that again we'd like to see something like that in Crawley too you know fingers crossed nothing nothing confirmed but well you know good goal to work towards you know and again it'd be interesting to see what the gaming industry comes out with um We've got some fantastic games on the Kickstarter horizon that's slowly worming their way through the production routes. Um, yeah, again, Jurassic World's another one that's going to be dropped, name dropped quite a few times for amusing reasons. We have a few too many dinosaurs coming. Um, you know, but there's some really other ty- good titles in there to look forward to. Um, and some new game types. Um, I have a cooperative game based off of a tower defense mobile game coming. I'm really looking forward to when that things like that turn up because we've not played anything like that. That does sound really interesting. I think maybe we'll uh, we'll crack that game out, and uh, if it's something you guys want to hear, maybe tell you about our experiences with the game. Maybe try and do some kind of review for it if we can. Um, obviously, that's entirely dependent on if it's what you guys want to hear. Do let us know if that if you know, let us know what exactly you want to hear from the podcast, guys, because we're an open book. We're still new to this. You know, we, we want to bring you the best content available. And it's funny you should mention about uh, about what the gaming industry holds because 
I think we can safely say we, we, we can sum up this section and move on to the next section, which will be weekly news, Kickstarter campaigns and event information. Okay guys, so now we're going to be talking about the weekly news, Kickstarter campaigns and event information. Obviously, the, the times that we're living in at the minute, there isn't really that much news out there coming from the board game makers or the tabletop companies. Uh, there, are, there is a few bits here and there trickling through. Uh, so Ian, what, what have you seen? What's standing out to you in the news? Uh, the first big thing is the Pokemon Company have announced a new product that they are trying to do, and it's called the Pokemon Battle Academy. Oh, okay. And I have mixed feelings on it, to be quite honest. I'm, I'm a Pokemon card player, I have been for a long time, and there are many, many, many trading card game products that come out for po- for all the trading card games, but specifically for Pokemon throughout the year. Just as a side note, if anyone wants like reviews on, on to know what's good and what isn't coming up, I can always do segments on those if people need them. Um, just let us know on the different various social medias that we'll come across at the end and um, I can expand on that but this particular product both really impresses me and triggers me in equal measure so it's designed as a product to teach people how to play the Pokemon card game you get a fold-out board of the battle arena you know that you normally play on you get three 60 card pre-constructed decks that can play straight out the box you get a guidebook for each of the three decks, which is really helpful, as well as both the mat and the well, the board, sorry, and an instruction booklet teaching exactly how to play and what things you're likely to see. Um, this, as an introductory product, is absolutely amazing. We were lucky enough to see the box for this, or at least a mock-up at the trade fair this year. We weren't allowed to say anything at the time. Um, but now it's public knowledge. I can say say that I safely say I was incredibly impressed back, you know, back when I saw that. The only thing I have had issues with so far is they haven't said what the de- decks of cards are for a trading card player. That's really key to know what's in these things. Um, we know there's a Charizard GX, a Pikachu, uh, sorry, a Raichu GX deck, and a Mewtwo GX deck. But that's all we know, and we believe they're reprints of them from the special set Hidden Fates they've done recently. But again, they're going to be fairly sort of simple decks because they're to teach people how to play. The big issue I have with this product is they have announced it as a board game. How does that class as a board game? Well, it comes with a physical board. <laughs> okay. And it is a game. Um, that's about as close as it's got to various of the other bits. It, if this had come out as like as a training kit style product, I'd have I wouldn't even have a negative thing to say about it. But I got very excited seeing Pokemon releases new board game titles everywhere, all across the internet the other day, and was very disappointed to see it was this product. I can imagine that it does sound like a bit of an anticlimax, really, when it comes to someone who absolutely loves board games and loves Pokemon to to think that oh my god. I might actually be able to have finally have a a half decent Pokemon board game to then find out that it is basically the trading card game that you already play that comes with a board Pokemon is well overdue for a good board game the last one we had was back in the 90s of the Pokemon Master Trainer game and I'm not sure I can use that and good in the same sentence (laughs) (laughs) the nostalgia's there with that one though but no, it's, um, as I said, as an actual teaching product, though, it, it blows me away. It's a really good introductory thing. I'm really hoping the decks are all balanced and at least have a few decent cards in. To, in you know, there'll be collectors cards in there specifically for the collectors. They always do it. But I have to say, for the actual main products, the in- off-the-shelf theme decks they have for those recently have been spot on. Um 
been properly designed by players now with decent cards to slowly ease people into the game so i'm hoping this is just another way of doing that um but they have advertised it as a short to play family board game night game but it's only for two players still and i struggle to see how those two things go side by side which is a shame i don't want to end on a negative note for that and i said as soon as I know more of what's in it, I'll let you know. I'll let people know if there is any difference between the actual trading card game and this. As far as I'm aware, there isn't. It's just an entry level product into the game, but a very good one at that, and at a good price range as well. Um, I think it's going to be around the like nineteen twenty pound mark. Okay. I could be wrong on that, and you know I need to double check. But I'm sh- I think that's what I've seen. So it's not too bad if it, three... if it does contain three decks, like yeah. you say. But I mean, it it sounds pretty good, like you said, as a, as a, as a as an introductory thing. But to actually advertise it as a as as a board game it is a bit cheeky and i'm hoping that it's probably i'm hoping it's because we haven't had all the information yet i'm hoping that something else will come of it but i guess only time will tell yeah and it's not long till it comes out looking around like 31st of july so end of july that's okay, coming so out it is very very soon then yeah and i'd like to tag on there's one other pokemon trading card game product i really would like to mention as it's possibly the best type of product i've seen pokemon finally release and it's called the Pokemon TCG Trainers Toolkit. And this is designed to get people playing in the competitive scene. So um, it's at the £30 price point, which isn't bad. You get four booster packs in it as well. Um, two of the latest set, Rebel Clash. One Sword and Shield pack. And it looks like Unbroken Bonds, which will still survive the next card game standard rotation coming up. Um, it's got over 50 playable cards in it, which I'll come to in a second. Um, uh, 100 energy cards including special energy cards a guidebook, a rule book, some damage dice so you can mark the cards which people love and also um, a set of sleeves which in itself is normally an expensive product but the 50 useful cards it mentions you get two Dedenne GX promo cards which has been a playable Pokemon that's been in you know a lot of copies in every deck for a while and some of the trainer cards that they've listed are hard to get hold of um, I actually purchased this recently of a copy for ready for myself. It comes out at the end of the month. Um, but the boss's orders is a hollow card in the latest set, which is fetching up to like eight, ten pounds on their own. So getting two of these in your product suddenly makes you know makes the cost of this great. There's also the two hollow trainer cards from the Sword and Shield expansion in Professor's Research and Marnie, as well as many other playable cards, and also a couple of alternate art promo cards as well. Again. I haven't seen a value box like this, you know, with secondhand value so high for a long time, if at all. So I'm incredibly impressed. And I can't recommend this enough for anyone looking to play the card game competitively or help build their decks going forward. Okay, so that, that's pretty good because obviously there is quite a big competitive scene when it comes to Pokemon, as you yourself know from uh, from your previous time as we covered earlier on yeah. in the podcast. And hopefully next year I will be playing in the World Championships again, which is in London. It's supposed to have been this year, but it got all moved back for obvious reasons. <laughs> well, fingers crossed for you. Uh, I'm sure everyone out there is is rooting for you, obviously, apart from the people that are going to be your <laughs> opponents. But uh, we're we're all rooting for you on that one. Is there any uh, is there any other products out there that you that you've seen in the news that's getting a bit of buzz? I've I've heard of uh, another trading card game that might be based on a something similar to Pokemon. Yeah. Again, people who know me well will know um, I was also a big fan of Digimon growing up um there's a resurgence again at the moment for that there's a new tv series started up in japan of re of um a rework of the original cast of the digimon um anime 
and they've did they've gone and pushed out a brand new card game for that and i have to say i'm thoroughly impressed um we're praying for that they they release it over, um, anywhere outside of japan because it is japan only at the moment and it is all in japanese however lots of people have been making english translations for things like tabletop simulator and other online services um but yeah i was i've i actually got to play my first game of it last night i was really impressed it has really simple evolution mechanics in it um quick quite fast paced game but with a really interesting sort of like mana type system where you just have a energy gauge, a memory gauge, sorry, along the middle that goes from 10 to 0 to 10. As you play your cards, they all cost um, memory. The moment you've, your card takes that memory gauge into your opponent's side, you resolve that card and it becomes your opponent's turn. Okay. So it's all sort of trying to work out how much memory you're going to let your opponent have and what you can do to try and, and beat them you know, with the cards you're playing. That's as simple as I can, you know, sort of say it. But um, the first set's released in Japan. It's sold out its first wave. The pre-constructed decks they've released to start with have also sold out. I know there's a second printing of the first set happening shortly. And the second set is also due out by the end of July or early August, I think. Okay, so, so they're, they're really, really starting to push the uh, push the products a bit there and, and give it its support yeah. to ensure that it succeeds as, as, a, uh, as a trading card game. Again, I must admit, I've caved. I have the starter decks and a booster box coming my way from my friend who's currently in Japan at the moment. So we can have a look ourselves at the quality of it shortly and... Um, just have a look at how well it works you know having access to the translations means even with foreign language products you can still generally get to play well enough it might be a bit slower um, I've seen board games that have done the same sort of thing where you just print off English rules so um, yeah it should be good fun to play around and mess around with and um, be a really interesting one without a doubt I mean there's definitely some games out there that uh, are only available in, in different languages uh, one, one of the ones that sticks in, in my mind is actually one that we've uh, I've purchased recently which until this year was only available in Germany which was uh, The Crew Quest for Planet 9 um, it only came out in the UK in January of 2020, uh, but before that, it was getting amazing praise over in Germany and winning awards left, right, and centre for it as well. So that is going to be one I can't wait to play. I did unfortunately have to wait until it became, you know, it was available in English. But I think both of us are, are looking forward to playing that game as well. So uh, other news out there, things that we're not going to touch on too much because uh, unfortunately we're not fully geared up to answer the answer any questions on these would be 40k 9th edition was announced a few weeks ago there's not been a great amount of details announced about this doing a little bit of research online talking to the 40k players that i do know it seems a mixed bag some people are happy that the changes are coming some people aren't happy i think after the massive shake-up that was 8th edition people are, are still a bit uh they were a bit hurt from from their game being damaged originally, so that that's definitely something that's going to be talked about on the podcast very soon. Hopefully, we'll have might have a few people come on tell us their opinions on it. We have a new core game being announced for Magic: The Gathering due in twenty twenty one. Again, closer to the time we will cover that in more detail because there is very few details about it at the minute. So that you can definitely look forward to hearing more about that from us yep. and maybe getting a few people on to talk about that as well. 
the magic scene should be quite interesting at the moment. I don't personally play magic, but I do keep my dip my toe in quite a bit. I actually watch quite a few um, YouTubers, um, and Standard has just had a big shakedown of their main format with banning of two cards and completely um, erratering an entire mechanic on the companion mechanic which will shake up the format somewhat, somewhat which will be quite interesting to see. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm not an expert enough to predict what the new form, you know, what the new top decks will be like, but I know the bands of Fires of Invention and Agent of Treachery and the companion mechanic change will be an interesting one to follow. Okay, definitely. And we know a fair few people that play this game religiously, so uh, we, we, we can definitely get the correct take on these things. And uh, may, maybe it'll be another game that we get suckered into at some point. Yep. I mean, I do like all my card games. Unfortunately, trading card games are not a cheap habit to invest in multiple of, um, unfortunately, as many have taken my eye over the years. Okay, guys, just quickly before we move on to the Kickstarter campaigns that have taken our notice this week, we have had some big news come on the digital formats. First and foremost is one that I know both me and Ian have fallen in love with to the point that we have chucked money at it already, which was the launch trailer showing a little bit of in-game footage from EA, Star Wars Squadrons. Ian, how did you feel about that trailer? I'm really excited. Um, I'm a little bit nervous because EA have not had a good track record of games in general, but especially their Star Wars games recently. I, you know, I bought Battlefront when it came out and I enjoyed that. And I have to say, one of my favourite parts about it was the squadron combat levels. And um, not that the trailer shows much in-game footage, but it looks like it has a really good solo campaign. And the big thing is that they have a co-op mode. Co-op mode is awesome. I cannot wait for that. Online co-op mode, I reckon, just to be able to fly around, pretend you're the red arrows, you know, but in in space. (laughs) And also doing the missions in co-op as well. Yeah, that too. And, of course, for people like myself, be able to take down the rebels from the inside. Or for people like myself to join the Empire and take down the um, Imperial scum from within. (laughs) Either way... No matter which way you look at it, that game is looking awesome. There's not much else to really say about it at the minute. It is a very short trailer, not showing all that much with regards to in-game stuff. Um, the graphics are looking good. I'm hoping EA will do a better job than they have with some of their games. Jedi Fallen Order has good um, reviews, so... Let, let's just hope that uh, they've continued that trend. Yeah, and it comes out on 2nd of October. Roll on the second of October. May have to book some holiday from work for that. <laughs> so, have you had any other any other news that has come up for you, Ian? Very, very recently, we've just had a huge Pokemon um, video game news dump. Um, the Isle of Armor expansion went live, um, so that's been interesting. And recently, we've had three new game announcements. Wow. Um, we've got we've got new Pokemon Snap, which is a huge announcement. I I loved the last one. And it has been back since the almighty and Nintendo 64 since we've had the original game. Oh, God, I love a bit of the old Retro 64. Uh, no no other news literally other than an announcement trailer that this is happening um, and some in-game um, footage with it. It looks cool. Um, really excited for that one. That sounds good. I might actually have to... When, when you get a copy of that, I may have to have a little play around on that. On top of that, so that the last one is on the Switch. On top of that, the next game they announced is Pokemon Cafe Mix. It's a new puzzle title coming, a um, bit like the match uh, titles. It's coming on both mobile and Switch. However, the announcement is it's a free-to-start game. 
which I that's intriguing yeah I'll see as more information comes out for that that's apparently due out in the next week or so and then the last one which had me and Jason laughing a little bit is called Pokemon Smile (laughs) and is a mobile app that is designed to help uh, young children with brushing their teeth and spending the time, correct time to do it so that they can catch Pokemon afterwards. I must admit, I do not like the animation style they have for the Pokemon. It's a taste to be desired, but <laughs> I like the idea. It's a fun little concept, and, you know, Pokemon Go showed how little concepts done with a big IP can make a huge difference going forward. Without a doubt. They've also announced that there is another Pokemon Direct coming up again soon, so we'll have more Pokemon news to follow. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. So I think that's pretty much all we've got for on the uh, on the news this week. Um, so we're we're going to move over to a, to another section, which we're going to be talking about Kickstarter campaigns that have have actually caught our eye. Some you know, be it because they they've got massive appeal online, or whether it's a personal product project that's appealed to either one of us. But uh, yeah, have you seen anything on the on the Kickstarter front at the minute? Well, I'm going to start with one that is doing well, but a little bit more on the quieter front. Although saying that it's over doubled its um, pledge request with 843 current backers at the time of this recording, um, is a game called Stop the Train. So you've already caught me there. (laughs) um, So, I mean, we love our train stuff, but this is a semi-cooperative game where for up to four to six players, where it's set in 1942 and you're on a train with a bomb on it hurtling towards Paris and you're trying to work out who in amongst all of the players is the person that's armed the bomb and it's like a social deduction game um, trying to stop both stop the train and um, conclude who is actually the saboteur trying to do the train whereas they're trying to get it to their end destination you all get given um, different sort of missions to try and achieve through it so there's no easy way to tell you know who's who's who and those sort of games are interesting it's you know we've played similar games like betrayal at house on the hill where traitors turn on you halfway through or or battlestar galactica where there's an there's always a cylon as the traitor which is normally me um (laughs) but you know those sort of games always are really good the never never resting but trying to cooperate games i've always got an interesting take so both being train related and semi cooperative caught my eye straight away and um i'm really looking forward to when that eventually turns up i've got to say that you describing the theme there it does sort of have a, a very close representation of like murder on the orient express yeah type story uh which which could be pretty cool obviously it's not that intellectual property that's not the idea of the game however it's obviously it's a very, sort of it's a very style. similar yeah. style um That'd really good, looking forward to playing that yeah actually. that would make like a good themed board game night if you wanted to do something fun and different as well without a doubt yeah especially if there there happens to be anniversaries of books etc out there it's it's a really good game that we could crack out there are there any uh, any other Kickstarter campaigns that have stood out to you recently that you personally backing or you've just seen has exploded online? Um, I haven't backed the next one that I've got to mention, but it's the the most popular one on the board game front on there has got to be the um, standalone sequel to Nemesis in Nemesis Lockdown. That's a bit of an ironic name that at the moment, isn't it? Yep. I mean, at at the time of this recording, it's 8,852% funded. Okay, so that's... It's pretty safe to say that there's a lot of people out there that want that game. Yeah, with currently... 28,134 backers. I think it's doing quite well. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's that's going to succeed. Um, 
For for those that don't know, obviously this is a sequel game. The original version of Nemesis the board game was absolutely huge. Uh, I know a few people that that have have got the game. Unfortunately, it's one of the games that has eluded me, and I desperately, desperately want to play it at some point. Just need to find the right time uh, to to get a game in. And I think this uh, this standalone expansion is definitely one to keep an eye on. This also is a good example of what we were saying about earlier of what can come across as quite a pricey game, but is worth worth the investment. It is very miniature heavy, which is both good and bad. Definitely. It, it gives I mean, lots of opportunities for things like playing around with painting, which is something I'm just slowly learning to do at the moment, as well as really good, interesting gameplay. But it comes at a cost, and that's the more miniatures you put in a game, the more the game will actually set you back straight off, straight off the bat. To give you an idea, the core box, core box bundle of um, Nemesis plus two expansions on this Kickstarter is £105. You know, yeah, it, it, it's do the, these sort of things you need to do the research to make sure you either can see reviews a lot of the kickstarters come with reviews already done um, even if they've sent out demo copies see you know a game like this is a um standalone expansion so it can be played on its own or as part of introducing it to the original game but it means the original game is out there to be tried and tested to see if it's something that might interest you these are always things worth noting in this industry you know if you can if you can try something before you buy it you know people love to do that anyway so i'd highly recommend that yeah without a doubt um with with uh awakened realms that the people that produce the nemesis games they 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 know they know the formula they know how to work kickstarter and they they are pretty good at getting their reviews out there before the kickstarter even goes goes live getting the the famous youtubers to to review the games properly and they even include them on their on their kickstarter pledge page um so it's definitely worth checking all them out you know there's so many people out there that will do reviews on this like you said the original game is out there i believe if i remember correctly that was winning awards as well so the evidence is there that it is indeed gonna be a good game without a doubt if you can get a game in of the original one try and do that before this campaign ends and if you really do want to back it i can vouch for the miniatures they are so nicely detailed so well produced i can't see that this expansion being any different I mean, we've been quite lucky so far. Both of us have rarely been stung with a Kickstarter Kickstarter game being bad because one of the one of the downsides to Kickstarter is you're funding a game before it's made. This is a poor example because obviously this is a expand you know standalone expansion. But buying a game straight away from Kickstarter, like the Stop the Train that I've mentioned, is there's always the risk that the game might not be as great as it looks. We've got a couple in our our collections that either are good games with poor rule books or just generally good looking games that don't play particularly well but very very few of them have come out like that so i think they're they're probably the two key games that we're going to pick up on the kickstarter this week uh, there's not been any particularly that have stood out that much to me um obviously nemesis was one um and the the the, the itch is definitely there to to back that game I'm not going to lie. I've heard so many good things about the original that I've wanted to play it. And just finding the time where someone I know owns it is available and I'm available. It, it's not always it's not always uh, good timing. So if I own the game, that might be a bit better. But uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'll have to get permission to get to <laughs> spend that kind of money, I think. And I must admit, I've already backed um, several weeks ago that Stop the Train game that was mentioned. Um, it was at a reasonable price point. I believe it was around the £30 mark, which is That's a good, good bad, price yeah. point for a board game so and that's still you know that's still live at the moment cool so uh i think we should move on to the very last section of the podcast here today and that is up and coming events well 
It's pretty simple. There is none. <laughs> Unfortunately, we are living in very t- trying times. Um, we would currently be having a lot of the games expos uh, around the globe, um, but the pretty much all of them have been cancelled, unfortunately. It is worth keeping note. Some of them are starting to look at doing online events. I believe there might have been one last week yet, but I didn't really get all of the research done on that. Um, and also, you missed one key event on a weekly basis and um, what's that and uh, it's our cruelly gaming event we um the cruelly gaming community we try to have just a laugh and a giggle online on a monday evening it's just to keep the spirit of the clubs alive just a little social thing we sometimes play tabletop simulator to replicate some of the board gaming or even just some of the silly party games that you can get on the computers at the moment yeah i, d- I don't really know how i forgot that to be completely honest with you, but hey-ho, I did that. That's right. Um, every Monday evening from about 6.30 uh, through to the... Well, through till late. There isn't really an end time. We will be on our Discord channel in the voice chats. Uh, talk, you know, like I said, playing games, chatting, just keeping the uh, keeping the community active and you know, just trying to spread a little bit of joy as we have admitted we, we, we seem to really like to do. So, uh, Ian, first episode over. How do you think it went? I really thoroughly enjoyed that. Thank you for having me here to do this. That's absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. And I'm pretty sure hopefully you guys out there have enjoyed it, which means we will come back and we will do this again. If you have enjoyed what you've been listening to today, please, please, please do give us a five-star review. Subscribe to the podcast and share it as much as you possibly can. It really does help. Spread the word about the podcast. Just help us get out there, bring you the content that you want to hear. If there's certain things you would love to hear on the podcast, please do hit us up on any of the social medias. We are on Facebook, Discord, Twitter, Instagram. Just search for Crawley Gaming Community. You can email us at crawleygamingcommunity at gmail.com. Is there anything else you want to add, Ian? I think that's good. I think that's good too. I think we're going to wrap it up there, guys. Thank you very much for joining us. We hope to see you very, very soon, hopefully in the next week or so, and we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.